0: Hello again, and welcome to this edition of Inside Stories. Today's episode is a bit of a departure. Certainly, we're going to hear from our guest about life in isolation. But this guest, like many of us, has been watching events in the United States unfold with great hope. Hope that the protests following the death of George Floyd lead to sustained change and ultimately a better, more equitable society. That's a big topic, and our guest has much to say. Joining me today on Inside Stories is Lamorne Morris, He's a terrific comedic actor, a huge basketball fan, and he joins us from his home in Los Angeles. Lamorne, welcome.
1: Hey, hey, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Listen, lots of things are happening in the United States right now, and I'm referring here to this historic sort of civil rights movement that is unfolding. What are your thoughts about what's underway?
1: You know, it's, it's unfortunate that it comes to this, but when you... When you take a, when you take a step back and you, and you look at it, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful because I feel like for the first time in our, in our, in our history in this country, everybody's on board. You know, obviously you have the few that want to keep the old guard and the old way of doing things. But when you look outside and you look in the streets, you see everybody marching, you know, and it's not just. In Minnesota or in Louisville or in these particular regions, it's 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 the whole world, you know, speaking with friends in different countries and and they'll tell you, man, we've got protests going on now. We've got marches. They're so peaceful, you know, and I'll ask well, what what are they march? What's what's going on over there? What are they marching about in particular? And they're like, oh, we're marching for what you guys are marching for, you know, equality. Um the end of systemic racism and racism as a whole—it's um, the fact that again we still have to fight for that is 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 mind-boggling. You know what I mean? It it almost feels like something from a movie where you go, eh, "Those days are over," right? And uh, you realize, no, they're far from it because racism hides itself. It uh, you know it, it's in the workplace. It's in it's it's economic. It's um, it's from the food you eat what's available for certain communities to eat you. It goes so much deeper than just hate speech. You know, it uh, it, it, it it's it's scary. But I, I, I think what we're seeing is a is a global uprising to say, hey, you know what the people we are the ones who are in charge. It's the people it's the citizens, you know, and um, and that includes politicians. They're citizens as well. You know what I mean. We should all be on the same page. You know, you you vote to put somebody in place, and you and you think that that person will, you know, will be in charge of your voice and what you and, and to relay that message to the rest of the world. You know what I mean. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes it, the message gets a little little skewed after they're in office, and. Um, I think the people are uprising against that. And I think it's beautiful.
0: You touched on the broad areas of society where racism can mm-hmm. become ingrained. And, you know, that's why we call it systemic racism, that there's a system in place that allows it. And I guess the, the question is, you know, how easy
1: will it, will it be to change that? I don't think it'll be easy at all. Um, and I th- And I think we're all, we're not naive as people. I think we know how hard it is. We know how hard it is to get daily tasks done, our daily stresses in life, the things that we take for granted, just how hard life can be in general, you know, and, but I think it's a lot easier because there is a strength in numbers. It's, you know, you can't go at it alone. And I think now that it's almost like now that we've got your attention, here's what the world is about to do. And I feel like it's a beautiful time and I think that it, it becomes a lot easier for, um, the message to be digestible when it comes in that many in a in form of that many numbers. And, uh, so it won't be easy. Um, I obviously think there are small steps that need to take place on the local level in each particular place. Um, and work that work, work all the way up through your system, through your mayor, your governor, your Congress person, all the way up to the top, you know what I mean? And, uh, um, it's difficult, but we've got great people, you know, spreading that message. You know, people like yourself, people, everyone who wants to talk about it, that's part of it. Because people for a long time didn't want to talk about it.
0: A lot of people like to think of themselves as being, well, I, I'm not a racist. I've never been a racist. I have friends from, you know, all different communities. But the message that seems to be getting out right now is it's not enough yeah. to just be a non-racist. Right. You must actively participate in... In making this a more just society right and I'm wondering if you feel that that is also the the message that you're seeing coming out and that people are finally kind of waking up to absolutely
1: because for a long time people you know even in the 60s you know people 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 were marching together and, and but a lot of times it, it would fall upon deaf ears because the action wasn't behind it you know it's not enough to say something but there's a lot of steps you can take As a, as a person who, as a, let's, so as a white person who has had privilege in life, to say, if you were to say, I'm not racist, that's great, right? That's great. And, and you're, and you're, and you're probably not, you know, but then how do we take that a step further? I was in Sherman Oaks the other day, um, Sherman Oaks, California, a quiet suburb of California. And funny enough, I was on my way to another protest saw this one and decided, let, let me go here. Um there are about 20 people on a corner. And I went outside, me and a buddy of mine and we held up signs and we stood out there for a few hours, you know, going across the street, holding up the signs, cheering, chanting, and there, and there and their majority of them were white people. And there was a, a young a young white woman who led that charge. And I thought, man, that, that's something you don't see all the time. You know, and that's the action that people need to take into into consideration, you know, supporting black businesses. People think that when you say I I want to support or I'm going to support a black business, you know, I got a message on my Instagram the other day saying, "Was well, that racist to support a, a company based on the color of the owner's skin?" And I said I said, "No, if if the if what you're doing it for serves a greater purpose." Right? So if we if we know that throughout history um, a lot of these businesses are white owned and we shop there and we use all of our resources there so our the, and the money that we have in our community that can be spread um, through our economy to help build our economy we're spending it over here and their neighborhoods their roads get better treatment their school system is, is better funded all those things. You know, we're not saying stop shopping where you're shopping, but we're saying you know there are other places you can shop, and in doing so, that 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 wealth gap gets more narrow. So therefore, our our kids have a better way to live in these particular neighborhoods in these areas.
0: I've been glued to Twitter and you know checking in on CNN and news networks as this is unfolded, and. Some of the clips that I've seen have been immensely powerful mm-hmm. to, to, to watch. And I'm wondering if there's one moment that you've witnessed over the course of this, whether it was when you were out the other day mm-hmm. or on television or social media that has stuck with you as particularly powerful.
1: Man, um, on, on, that's, a, ooh, that's a, trick question, a tricky question because some are powerful in the, in the positive way and then some are powerful in the not so positive way. I've seen videos recently, and I'm not sure what the tactics were of the police, but I've seen videos where people are kneeling and they're crying and they're going, listen, I just want to hug you. There's there's literally a video of a kid kneeling, they're all kneeling, they're in a line and they're kneeling and they're saying, hey, we just want to hug you guys. Like, can we march together? Can we?" And he's crying, he's like, I pray for you at night, I cry for you at night. He's like, I cry for us. I cry for the pain we have. And I share the pain that you guys must go through as police officers having to do this job and knowing how tough it is. He's like, I cry for you for that. And they just ran up and (laughs) just snatched him and threw him on the ground and started manhandling him. and, And it was so weird. I just thought, did I miss something? On the more peaceful side, you know, I was happy to see some of the changes that On a local level that some of these places are making um, to their policies and the defunding of police and pulling back some of their funding for some of their um, more violent weapons and uh, things like that and and using that money and taking that money, which takes up a huge portion of their budget, more than 50 percent, sometimes 50, 60 percent of their budget citywide and statewide, it. I mean, it's 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 great to see that they're moving that money and and putting it towards better better education systems, better community safety. You know what I mean? Um, things like that. I always felt a but like that amount of money should go to in the first place, and it's great to see that. I work with a few companies: um, Disney, Hulu, Netflix. I'm the spokesperson for. You know, BMO obviously, and when you see when you see BMO pledge that type of money, you know, towards this, and it's it's always an energy that I've that I've felt. That's one of the reasons why I am working with BMO. It's it's um it's it's easy. It's an easy collaboration because you they share they share similar values with you, um, and uh, that was one of the things that when they. I didn't even have to say anything. It was one of those things that we brought it up, and they were like, "Yeah, we're already on top of it." It's like that's that, great. That's why we, <laughs> that's why we work together. You know, um, it's not just a, a you know a, 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 tra- a work transaction. It's more so. This is what we're doing in the community as well, and how do we help serve those needs for the people? Um, which is which is what I think companies, you know, a lot of their mission statements say it, but. Not a lot of them do it. And uh, I, I'm glad to see BMO is one of those companies that definitely does it. And, you know, I have a show coming out on Hulu. The show I have is called Woke, and it's about this subject matter. It's about a a, a guy who gets, who gets you know, kind of roughed up by the police, mistaken identity. Yeah, we thought you were somebody else. But then the way they treat his white roommate is a little different. And his white roommate's the one who could poss- possibly be the one they should be <laughs> looking at. Um, played by Blake Anderson of Workaholics, he's amazing. But they, he then starts to his eyes become open to the world around him, um, and it's it's such a timely show. It's such a a beautiful show, and it it's mirroring everything that we're seeing right now.
0: And, and just for those who aren't aware, uh, Bimo made a million dollar donation to the NAACP and some other organizations in the pursuit of. Equality and social justice, and and kind of the nice thing mm-hmm. for me about Bemo is that they didn't ask me to raise this. Yeah. They've never interfered in mm-hmm. any way with with the podcast. So nice. I'm, I'm pleased you were able to raise Great. that. To shift more into your pro- professional mm-hmm. career, and you know it's a bit of a hard turn out of yeah. this this topic, but uh, you just touched on it there with with the Hulu. Uh, is what's that like for you when you get to combine your skills as an actor with a cause that matters.
1: Well, it's great because when you're younger and you get into this business, you just want to be funny and and have fun and go to parties, and it's like it's like this cool thing. It's like, man, I get to, I'm on a TV show. I get to do cool stuff. Like I get to meet cool people and work with cool people. Um, but then the older you get, the more the more life is affecting you, and the more you realize how much influence you have over it, and the amount of the amount of kids that look up to you and listen to what you say. So you have to be really careful with what you say, Um, apologetic when you're wrong and be able to correct yourself if you've made an error and an error. And doing a show like this has more weight to it because of that, because now you get to have fun. You still get to do all the cool stuff, which is which comes with the territory and and a business that we're in. Um, Talk to cool people, meet cool people. But you, you but you also get to say something. I showed a few friends some clips um, from the pilot and uh and people really loved it they they really enjoyed it and I and and it wasn't necessarily all because of the comedy. I love doing the other stuff too like just goofing around doing like you know a movie bloodshot that's coming out oh uh, that came out I'm sorry um superhero stuff I get to be goofy and say nonsense and have fun and run around and like. That's great, too. Um, but, you know, it's cool to mix in a lot of real life in that as well.
0: I did want to touch a little bit on what your life has been like since the pandemic uh, came into being. Um, obviously, it really changes things up when you're normally on a set or working on a movie. What are typical days like like for you right now uh, in the midst of this?
1: Well, I, I live with uh, it's me, and my brother and my uh, writing partner and one of my best friends. we, Us three live together and we put a gym, we turned one of the rooms into like a mini gym. Um, The grocery store is about a mile away and we have a pool and a basketball court. You have a half court, I have like a hoop over there and I love playing basketball. I love playing basketball. My brother loves working out my writing partner loves working out and playing basketball. That's all we do, man. We sit and we write, we play basketball and they work out. I try to work out as much as I can, but it it becomes normal in a way, which can be a little scary. It can be a little scary because now we're getting so used to being in the house that as the city is opening up. I'm still kind of not going anywhere, <laughs> and I'm you know I want to get used to getting back outside and, and, and doing more things and going to restaurants again. I love going to restaurants. I love going to bars, but you know, I we we understand what needs to be done, you know, and, and when a when a when a pandemic like of this proportion hits, so we we are kind of doing our part to stay put and stay safe, but. Um, that's what we do, man. We we kind of hang out around the house. We talk a lot um, about the state of affairs. We talk a lot about work. We're constantly developing ideas. Um, it it it. I did need a break, you know, from you know back to back to back years of not having a break, and uh, this was a an unfortunate break, but it. But I definitely, <laughs> I definitely needed the recharge, um, with. With everything that's been going on with work, so um, happy to happy to kind of just lounge around at times. It, and if people who people who know me know I'm a night owl, like I get most creative at night. It's I feel like throughout the course of the day my brain is a little foggy, and uh, even when I'm trying to write or think of ideas. Um, but then at night I'm like up and I'm texting people, but they're already in bed. <laughs> I'm like, uh, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, and I'll, that's when I watch all of my stuff. That's when I watch my favorite shows or news or sports highlights. Um, and I will say this: this would have been very welcomed of a of a quarantine if the NBA season was still going on. <laughs> I would be all about it. I would be. Because that's how I am during the NBA season anyway. Like, leave me alone. The Lakers are playing. LeBron's on TV. Leave me alone. Uh, but it's Giannis versus LeBron right now. I got to watch this game. You know, Kawhi's on TV. Leave me alone. So. How are you, know, how are you dealing with, with the NBA withdrawal? I don't I think I started to, I think it started to become physical. Like, meaning, like, I start breaking down <laughs> hives. And, like, I think this reaction has become more personified. Where am I'm, like, I'm just, I'm like. I feel like a decrepit old person where I can't move. I, guess. Like, it's, I just feel like a part of me is missing. Uh, when I say obsessed, like it, people ask me what my hobbies are. I go watching and talking about basketball. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is it.
0: Um, I, I, I really hope because I'm, I'm in Toronto. So I yeah. really hope you were happy for Canada oh, yes. when, when the Raptors won last Oh,
1: year. absolutely. I spent a lot of time in Canada, obviously with BMO and, uh, A big Kawhi Leonard fan. I love the Raptors. I'm a huge LeBron fan, right? So LeBron for so many years, you know, has uh, terrorized the town. Um, But the year he leaves, it was like, okay, cool. I get to see, I get to watch like a team that is out of the country that a lot of people kind of wrote off, and didn't realize like you switch some personnel a little bit, and you make the right trade or you make the right move. You know you you're you're on a winning course, and uh, it was really cool to see to see that city because um, then you go back to the city afterwards. there's a whole new energy you guys have you guys have this swag now of like like listen, we came to your country, we dominated your sport <laughs> even though it is a Canadian sport right it wasn't it is's well invented in Canada.
0: Yeah, peach baskets. Yep. I think we're, yeah. we're hung up initially. Yeah, oh, yeah, late 1800s or something.
1: Yep. So um, wow.
0: Well, okay. listen you you mentioned you mentioned Bloodshot a minute ago. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that I watched that the other oh, night. Sweet. I loved you with your with your with your British accent. Oh, thank you. Um and and my son had watched Game Night mm-hmm. and said, "Mom, Dad, you got to come watch this movie." Mm-hmm. So we watched Game Night a few weeks ago. Hey, oh, awesome. we think we all think you're really funny. Like you've really got that feeling when we look at oh. you, there's something special when you come on a screen and we know you're going to make us laugh oh, somehow. You. We feel good when we see you. So you oh. obviously you've got that thing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm I'm curious though. What what would you do if for whatever reason you could not
1: do what you're doing now? What would be your second second choice in life? Ooh, well then my second choice goes away too because it would be professional basketball player. But I'm not that good. Uh, <laughs> my body's broken down and given up on me. Um, but uh, I would I would see I would then ha- it's a cheat because I would still be in the entertainment business somehow. I like being behind the camera as well. You know, um, I like. I've directed before, so I, I do like that creative touch and that energy of having something that's that you've created. Um, you know I'd, I'd focus more attention on writing as well and creating those stories for other people to act in and other people to produce and create. Um, but if it wasn't if it wasn't um, entertainment on the, on the movie and TV side, it would probably, probably it would probably be sports journalism. So listen listen to this sound because it's an important mm-hmm. one.
0: That is a knife hitting a water glass. (laughs) Uh, But that signals that we're going to wrap things up with uh, a rapid fire round of some short questions. This one is from my son, a big basketball fan. Name
1: your all-time starting five. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan. I'm going to go. Yeah
0: what would be your all-time favorite movie
1: the matrix definitely my favorite movie
0: tell me something people would not expect goes with being a professional actor
1: um tons of well tons of research i would say you know especially character actors daniel day lewis probably is studying the crap out of somebody like to the point where it's probably can't sleep you're trying to dive into that psyche um Studying yeah I would say a lot of research goes into it Um, Someone writes a script and if you can't quite understand what they're saying You got to do research on a lot of these things too You know I had to research coding for crying out loud for bloodshot So yeah I'd probably say tons of research go into it What's your go-to dish when you're cooking at home? During the quarantine it's been steak rice and greens Some sort of vegetable to go with it I have a grill outside so it's just fun to be outdoors So I just grill as much as I can Nice.
0: I uh, did see a little video on YouTube where you gave uh, some publication a tour of your home. Yes. It is an awesome home. Oh, thank you. And I'm wondering if 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 I come to visit LA mm-hmm. with my son and wife, if if you will invite us over to visit. Yes.
1: You, uh, I can grill for you. We can play basketball. Whatever you want to do. You can have a pool day. That's... that's It'd be my pleasure. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Listen, Lamorne, I, I really want to tell you
0: uh, I appreciate your time today mm-hmm. so much. And I appreciate that you you know, we're willing and, and in fact wanted to speak mm-hmm. about the events that are happening in the United States, because yes. obviously
1: it's so important for, for everyone. Yes. And, uh, so thank you so much, Lamar. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just want to encourage everybody to go vote, go vote, vote as much as you can. Um, even I, as long as I've been alive, I still am learning stuff every day. I'm still, you know trying to get myself more activated and more energized. And I know we're running out of time, but, you know, I have a friend, um, Kassar Rashid. We grew up together. I know his struggle being poor growing up. He knows mine. We were super close. Political rights activist, uh, um, you know, fights for, uh, he's a, a, an, ator- an attorney, fights for prison reform, all those things. Running for Congress, uh, Virginia's first district. So please make sure you just, pay atti- just look out for him if you're, if you're over there in Virginia. And um, he's somebody, he's young. And I remember Obama talking about young people starting change. And he's young. And I think people really gravitate towards the messaging that he has. So and I advise you guys to go challenge him on his thoughts as well.
0: Lamar Morris, thank you for sharing your inside story today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Morn Morris is very funny in the new release Bloodshot with Vin Diesel and also in the hit movie Game Night. A reminder, you can watch for him and I certainly will be watching in an upcoming Hulu series called Woke. That's it for this special episode of Inside Stories. Thanks to Bimo for presenting this. I'm Scott Simmy. Thanks for having me over. See you soon.
1: The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of Bank of Montreal, its affiliates or subsidiaries.